welcome to the Creative South Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Frostholm. Today I talk with Brad Weaver and Tara Victoria of The Banner Years, a branding, storytelling, and experience design studio that makes ideas happen with heart. We talk about how The Banner Years started, balancing a professional and romantic life, Brad's book, The Creative Truth, dealing with anxiety and depression, and more, all right after this. I want to thank our friends over at Jack Prince for sponsoring this episode. Whatever you need printed, they can do it. Do you need stickers? Jack Prince can do it. Do you need t-shirts? Jack Prince can do it. Embroidered hats, business cards, banners? Jack Prince can do it. They make great stuff at a great price. Speaking of banners, Jack Prince has their lowest prices on banners ever right now. Some of them are up to 70% off. I just looked up the cost of an 8 foot by 5 foot banner. How much do you think it should cost? $200? $300? More? You can get it at Jack Prince for just $70. While we're talking about great offers, let's talk about the fact that Jack Prince is offering a free Silver Ink upgrade going on right now. But it's not just on Silver Ink. If you're looking to get something embroidered, you can get free Silver Thread, too. So when you get something printed or embroidered, now, through the end of the year, add some Silver Ink into that design. If you love pocket-sized notebooks, check out Jack Prince Pocket Notes. They come with tons of great options, making them perfect for gifts, giveaways, branding, and custom office supplies. Custom pocket notebooks are sized for quick sketching and note-taking. Plus, unlike other printers who, you know, make you design around their logo and have all those parameters like that, Jack Prince builds their custom notebooks from the ground up, giving you the entire cover to customize in vivid, full color. Jack Prince makes great, affordable stuff for designers like you and I. They focus on quality and customer service, and have been loyal Creative South sponsors for years. Why not pick them next time you need stickers, banners, or pocket notebooks printed? Plus, Jack Prince is giving you a great discount. You can save up to $75 on your next order. Just use promo code CS16PODCAST at checkout, or visit jack.inc/design. Are you ready to explore your creativity and meet a ton of new friends while you're doing it? Then head over to creativesouth.com right now and get your Creative South tickets. Join us April 6th through 9th in Columbus, Georgia for Creative South, where you come as friends and leave as family. If you like the podcast and want to help support us, head over to patreon.com slash creative south. Every dollar helps us cover hosting costs, upgrade equipment, and keep the podcast going. Plus, when you become a Creative South patron, you'll get access to exciting Creative South news before anyone else, Creative South podcast stickers and t-shirts, and you could even get your own podcast episode. So please, help support the podcast by becoming a patron over at patreon.com slash South. The best part is I'm going to leave that part in where I screw it up. <laughs> That's okay. You can leave that in. You can leave that in. I love it. All right. Let's try that again. Brad, Tara, thanks for joining me this evening. Hey, Jason. How's it going? Good. Hey, how's it going? So I, I got to ask the first question. I see, Bra- Brad, you've got a drink over there. What What are you drinking? It's it's a sangria. Costco sangria. It is. Nice. It is our secret. It is seven dollars a bottle. Nice. I and it it's is, so good. It is so good. And we were just looking at how much sugar is in it because we're like, God, this stuff cannot be good for us. But it's actually not that bad. So really? huh. yeah, we went with um, throwing stuff together like a twelve-year-old girl. And, um, it's like, is that a is that a fuzzy navel? Is that a no? Secret it's actually cooler? it's uh, so it's it's bourbon, ginger liqueur, um, lemon juice, and honey. Oh well, that's that that's a classic. Right. That's so like I'm, a, I'm using yeah. it as I'm soothing my throat so I can talk through mm-hmm. the podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like a Johnny Cash classic kind yeah. of thing. There, it's, it's, it's a manly drink. <laughs> I'm, I'm drinking a non-manly drink of sangria over here. I'm normally the whiskey guy, though. So, yeah, you know. well, I, and ironically, I'm normally not a whiskey guy. Like, I mean, I'd like it, but I'm not more of a beer and wine guy than yeah. hard liquor. I've learned my yeah. lesson too many times. It's, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. So let's start off and <clears throat> talk about real quickly uh, and, and get it out of the way um, why I have both of you on here. Because, Brad, you just <laughs> you just stepped down from Nine Labs. 
Um, yeah. Yeah. You want to tell about that a little bit? Yeah, it just just very recently, it was kind of a quick development. So Nine Labs, for for those people who don't know, is like a, a pretty well known, you know, experience design firm that I, that I built up, and we had a pretty amazing client list. People like um, you know Holiday Inn and Coke and um, you know uh, UPS and a lot of interesting people doing like big experience design work for. And my business partner and I um, kind of saw it headed in one direction, and it was a direction that wasn't really what I intended for it to be. Sure. Um, and it got us kind of pulled, you know, th- there's this interesting thing right now where user experience design is absorbing content strategy mm-hmm. um, as a practice, which I think is a good thing because um, it's hard for content strategy to stand on its own. But one of the things that's come out of that is marketing it gets mistaken for content strategy a lot. And the result of it is <laughs> a lot dealing of with it at work right now. <laughs> yeah. And for nine labs, you know, it, it's, it's been that, you know, b- because Atlanta is a very, where, where nine labs is based and we have a pretty large local client base. It was very, um, enterprise driven. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the enterprise organizations don't know the difference between content strategy, marketing, content strategy, white papers and so on and so forth. It, it's really messy. And so nine labs kept getting pulled into a lot of stuff that just wasn't what I was interested in, interested in which is more about storytelling, which we'll unpack more of. Mm-hmm. And it was more about tactical um, UX and content strategy and it, and it got very granular. It was also, um, we were just, you know, doing a lot of things that, um, just weren't what was interesting to me, but they're very interesting to the industry. So at the end of the day, it came down to my business partner loves that stuff. And a lot of the staff loves that stuff. Mm -hmm. And it made the most sense for me to get back to my roots and do something new, which we'll talk about and to let that agency keep going like it is. So we've been kind of transitioning out of that for a while and, you know, allowing nine labs to focus on that a lot more. So they'll still be a user experience design shop. They're not, they're not changing that. Sure. It's just more of like a, um, they have, are going to have more of a focus on, you know, helping people like their marketing message, whereas I'm more interested in like the content and storytelling side of it. It's really hard to do both of those because they can be, um, they're, they're not diametrically opposed, but they also don't work, work in tandem well. well with one story based one's data and analytics based and yeah. Yeah. And they want to be data and analytics based. And we started out cognitive psychology based, which they're still going to leverage a lot, but they're really becoming more and more data analytics and mm-hmm. SEO performance based. And they've got some really smart people there that are good at that. Um, but that the things that Tara and I are particularly interested in is much more about the narrative and the story and the emotion. And so I wanted to get back to that and it was a great time to do it. Um, so, so we're doing that. Yeah. Gotcha. So getting into the narrative and the story, let's talk about how, um, I'm trying to figure out how to phrase this. How your and Tara, Tara see, I'm go- I'm going to keep screwing it up. And I'm just going to have to apologize. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> how you and Tara's um, work relationship is uh, burgeoning. Yeah. You want to take that one? Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, we've known each other for a long time and um, we had actually, we ended up together as a couple because of, because of working to get, you know, working together on a couple side project ideas. Mm-hmm. And um, we're just really interested in both of us have, we have a lot of similarity and a lot of connection along this idea of just really finding the why behind people, do, why people do things. Sure. And you know, and we're in a time now where pixels aren't enough, you know, visual design's not enough. And so we, when we saw eye to eye on that, it was really something that made it click that like, we want to bring this thing together and make this thing happen. And so really our working relationship is, is good because you don't, you, you know, you don't want a team where both of you are head nodding and there's no opposing opinions because then the creative doesn't get pushed forward. Sure. So we both, we create direct each other mm-hmm. and we have a lot of feedback for each other, but it's very much about, we both are constantly bringing back the other person to the vision and why we're trying to do something, what we're trying to accomplish because we both want to do it that way. It, it's, it's a lot more fun than if you've got two people that just have like two different styles. Um, and I think that we've been good so far. I mean, we're still kind of new at this, but, <laughs> uh, as a, as a couple, but you know, so far, you know, what we're seeing is that, um, you know, if there's something that I look at, I'm like, the style that's going to be necessary here is not for me. Tara is going to take the lead on it. Sure. But if it's for, it's style's not for her, you know, it's going to be there. We're trying to get to a place where eventually our horizontal skills, as far as like what we do, is not something where I'm over here doing this stuff and she's over here doing this other stuff. We really want to be harmonious. We were talking about like, we were comparing to your band. Yeah, yeah. One of our favorite bands is this band called Oh Wonder. And they, they are awesome because they I mean, they have beautiful music, but they're unique. It's a, it's a guy and a girl and they, um, they sing every lyric, both of them do. And it's not a harmony. It's more of just like two parts layered on top of each other. 
it creates this really unique sound. And that's what we're trying to be. Um, when you hire us to work with us, you're going to get both of us. It's not Brad's over here doing, you know, UX front end dev, this kind of stuff. And Tara's over here doing logos and branding. We're both kind of learning each other's skill set and bending each other in different ways to, to get that stuff better. So I think, I think it's a lot of fun because mm-hmm. uh, I'm learning a lot of stuff from her. She's learning a lot of stuff from me and it's making us really good at what we do. Sure. Yeah. So how has that pushed you outside of your comfort zone? Um, yeah. well, <laughs> in so many ways, when I started freelancing, um, full time by myself, I mean, I like Calgary is not a creative <laughs> city at all. And so I was very isolated in that. And so I struggled a lot to not have, um, just someone to bounce ideas off of and stuff like that. So it's been, it's been so nice to have that, but also something that has pushed me out of my comfort zone because you don't want to lean on it too much. You still want to like stand alone to be able to make design decisions and not rely on somebody 100%. So Mm -hmm. that's been different. And then also like learning a lot about the, what he does <laughs> for a living. <laughs> I'm like, don't ask me to describe it. <laughs> it's so confusing, but like learning a lot more about that has been really like, I want, I've always wanted to. So getting this opportunity to learn more about it, um, from someone that does it so well. And, um, but it's also like way outside of my comfort zone because it's something that has always seemed like, Oh, I'll get to that later. And now it's like here and I get <laughs> yeah. to, I'm real, I'm real good it. at that. I'll get to that later. So I, I understand. Oh yeah. That. <laughs> Aren't we all? Aren't we all? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Brad, Brad, what about you? How has it pushed you outside of your comfort zone? Yeah. You know, I'm, I mean, I've been a creative director for a long time. I mean, I, I've, I was never really freelance. Like I, I, you know, was in house at, you know, American Eagle and Verizon mm-hmm. and, and, you know, there, I mean, I had teams and that, you know, and I had unlimited resources at my disposal and then I had to learn the hard way when I decided to start an agency that that's not the case. <laughs> sure. And so I mean, I was solo a couple of times, but only for about six months or a year. And I still had a lot of contractors. So this is the first time I've ever had a creative partner. I've had two business partners in the past. Both of them have been operational partners. And my my former business partner, Nine Labs, I I don't say that to me. He's not a creative type. It's just that that wasn't his day to day role. Right. This is my first go around and having basically a co-creative director, because even when I was in house, it was different departments. Um, And I don't um, I'm. I'm a humble person, but I'm also a person that I have a lot of convictions about my ideas. And I think it's really interesting that, you know, a lot of times in the, in these situations, you might have somebody as an alpha, somebody as a beta, and then it ends up that their style is forced. And it's not necessarily always that it's the guy or whatever else, but Tara and I are both, we're, we're both alphas big time, but we don't butt heads over no. this stuff because we're, I think we're really good about looking at a situation going, I'm not the right fit for this. And so, whereas with creative directors, we were always fighting or who's going to get the credit for this? Who's going to get the most stuff when it was in-house? And then when I was running my, you know, agency, you know, my designers, even internally, they're always wanting, you know, they want the good work and they, they don't want to do the production stuff. And we're both, you know, like, okay, well, one of us is going to have to do this production stuff. And it's like, who's going to take it on quicker. So for me, that's been the biggest change. And then I think that, um, you know, I'm learning a lot from her about, you know, what I thought was true and I'm finding it to be true is that she's learning experiences on time. She actually already knows like 80% of it because branding and experience design in a lot of ways are the same thing is that we've kept them separately because we've been so focused on UI. Mm-hmm. This new approach that we're token, taking is, is, is making it obvious that it's so much easier to bring people in who think about brand and story into the experience design space than people in the experience design space to move into brand and story. So she's, she's picking up stuff a lot faster than I'm picking up stuff on her end. And, uh, it's, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be challenging at times, but in the end, our clients are going to get a lot of really cool stuff out of it because they're getting way more experience than they probably should. Sure. So what do you think it is about being easier for someone who's got an experience in branding and all that to move into being able to do experience design? Mm -hmm. What do you think that is? Well, I think it's because, you know, design is, is, you know, cognitive psychology is my interest. It's about getting, you know, it's understanding why people do things that they do, why they connect with things in a certain way. And in branding, a lot of times, you know, you, you tend to start with, you're starting with the thing, you start with the logo. So it's about the color or the style of the type. And you're not really asking those why questions, Mm. the really good branding designers, the ones who like the portfolios that Tara freaks out about all the time. And then her portfolio as well are the ones who ask those why questions. It's the same exact questions we ask in experience design. 
The difference is, is they're coming at it that they already know how to take the why and move into this space very quickly where they still can move into the tactical. Experience designers, we're so focused on the why that we intentionally procrastinate getting into the tactical at times because there's this like, is everything right? Is everything lined up perfectly? Because we're not as excited about the creative. Sure. Whereas a visual designer like Tara is way more excited about the tactical creative. Like that's what she's chomping at the bit to get to. So when she has to learn or like when a visual designer has to learn to ask that why, and they've already kind of been doing it, but they haven't gotten the chance to do it before. Mm -hmm. they, they maintain more excitement for moving into that tactical phase. And the experience designer a lot of times gets really burnt out by the time the tactical comes around. That's why there's a lot of us that don't do UI because we're just like, we're done by the time it's time to do that because we're exhausted. Having somebody that you can partner with on that is really exciting because it keeps the momentum going. And that's really how this stuff gets done, right? You got to stay excited. Tara, what do you, what do you think it is that makes you interest more interested in learning it? Um, I think it's a lot of the psychology behind it because <clears throat> that's the part about branding that I love so much is like, mm -hmm. like I love creating stuff. Absolutely. That is my passion. That's why I do what I do. But, um, really like learning about the clients. Why is such something that I'm so passionate about and getting into those conversations with my clients when they're my target client and they're passionate about their why it creates so much more excitement for me. So I think that's why, um, I get so much, so excited about learning more about that and the psychology behind it. And like the psychology, like behind, like why someone clicks up this button over <laughs> this button and why, if it's placed there, they, they gravitate towards it over if it's placed at the other end of the site or something like that. Sure. Um, it just, I just find the psychology behind it way, way more interesting. Well, oh, go ahead. Well, I was going to say the one thing I think has been really cool to watch <clears throat> as we built this, um, up where I think things are different is what Tara just said. The fun, the fun thing to watch is, is for visual designers, you ask the same questions about like which button is better but they've never been taught the methods on how to actually track that and measure it. Mm -hmm. So it's always been about subjective opinion mm -hmm. and you get really emotional cause you get really attached to it and you're like, Oh God, Oh my God, they picked the logo concept. I hate you're like, Oh God, why did they pick that one? And it's been really cool to already see Tara pick up those methods where when we set up, you know, yeah, testing, why do they pick that logo that we exactly and, and we're getting to, but we're able now to get to that. Why, right. Yeah. The experience design method and actually get some science behind it. And that's when it starts to click and you start to figure out how people tick. And you can also start to predictively really do interesting things with what you create. Actually, yeah. that's been really interesting getting into this mm -hmm. and like learning, like when I present something to a client, how they're, I can kind of predict better. I, I was getting better. I was getting really good at it when I was on my own, but having this experience and learning these things has helped me get even better at it and knowing how to curate things so that they do pick the one that I want them to pick. Right. Because I'm like, I'm a problem solver. I'm solving your problem for your brand. I've listened to and done the research behind it and I've created the best solution for you. And it's not the option that I hate. It's the option that I've done most of the work on that is the best solution for your brand. And so being able to curate things better in order to kind of like understand the psychology behind it and move them towards that, um, has been really exciting for me. Mm -hmm. Does that make it easier when you go to a client and they still pick the worst one to be able to defend why that's the wrong choice? It has. And I've always been, cause I have a sales background. Like I worked in retail for a really long time, mm -hmm. um, as a kid. So I, I have a, I've always had a really good, um, background in that and ability mm -hmm. to be a, that salesperson for the, the right solution, but it's made it even easier for me understanding the psychology behind it. So trying to understand where they're coming from of like, if they're like, well, I like this one better because it's yellow <laughs> and it's like, can you unpack that? Can you explain why? And then you try to understand that they're getting really emotionally attached to it when they need to understand that this is a brand. It doesn't need to be like that. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, it's made it a lot easier to understand where they're coming from so I can kind of move them in the right direction. Mm -hmm. And what do you do if they still go in the wrong direction? I cry. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. So that stays the same. Good to know. You, dr you drink more. I drink more and I, I cry. <laughs> As I'm, as I'm putting like, the one that I 
talking about with that one client, my dignity. Yeah. <laughs> I just package my dignity in the, just, in the end file. Yeah, just put your, put your dignity in the end file. Yeah. <laughs> it's just going there. That's a great description of what it feels yeah. like. <laughs> it does. It's like, uh, well, there's my design there, and my dignity. There, there you go. <laughs> now, is that, is that a .exe file or is it a .idml? Uh, <laughs> it would be Windows. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's why I made the joke. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, since this is new for both of y'all, what what are your kind of hopes and goals with it? What are you trying to accomplish? Yeah, we we we've tossed a lot about this because you know I this is my fourth you know agency or startup. And then Tara's, so this is your really kind this of second. your second, but then you've had other stuff you started up. Yeah. So, so for us both, the thing that we wanted to really get right as we were doing this is making sure that we eat our own cooking when we talk about our why is that we didn't just want to do this because we want to work together or we wanted this particular client. And the thing we really, really want to see happen is we want to be a part of telling people's story. Um, we even had like Tara, I, I had to write it down because it was so cool. She just said this like recently. And it was just this kind of idea of like taking this person's vision and story and telling it for them in a way that they can't. And that's the thing that we're really excited about is sometimes it's visuals. Sometimes it's, you know, they need us to figure out like how they're going to figure out a supply chain issue. I mean, we get asked all kinds of crazy stuff, but we have experience from so many places. But for us, we really just want to be embedded with people and brands that have something that they want to get out there and we're able to be a part of that. Are we, you know, our first, you know, two clients that we have are both people that have really unique vision for what they want to do. It's not just like we needed a website mm-hmm. or we need a logo. They're people that have long-term goals. And then Tara's got a couple clients she brought over and I have a couple clients from past, you know, past lives or whatever that are kind of coming back around. But these are all people that really want us to be part of what they're doing on a day-to-day basis. So they're asking us questions, everything from like, you know, what color, you know, shoes should I wear? I mean, they ask us <laughs> the most random stuff because we become this trusted ally for them. And that's what we really want to be. We want to be an ally for the people we work with, not in the sense that they're captive with us, like that we have this like, you know, retainer or something. That's not even the model. They just respect our opinion. They just respect our, 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 our I wouldn't even say our opinion. They, res- opinion, they respect yeah. our expertise and then we get to be a part of telling that story. And that's why, because I think that, um, I, have got a conference talk that I'm going to be doing a lot next year when I talk about how we're headed, we, we have this pendulum swing right now mm-hmm. where the reliance on the graphical user interface is, um, is going to fade a lot in the next five to 10 years. And we're seeing that already. And we're just at the cusp, cusp of this where text-based interaction is where things are headed. We can't effectively build an agency or a, or a studio that is purely focused on visual outcomes and believe that we're the best fit uh, best fit to solve people's problems. Cause very rapidly, I would say in 27, 2017, 2018, even people are going to need us to find other ways to get their communication out. A website will be a hub for that. A logo will be a mark for that, but the communication channel, the way it's communicated, the way it's done is going to require a lot of variance. It's going to require a lot of research to understand that. And the only way to make that happen is for us to get really involved with people and how we work. It's not, we want to buy this widget. We want to give you a fixed budget for it and then deliver it to us. And we hope you like the way that it looks. Sure. That's really not what we're interested in doing. Well, yeah. and we talked about that a little bit, you know, previously and, and a little bit off air of, you know, kind of that theory of website being the hub and how content strategy changes and, mm-hmm. you know, packaging all that together in different aspects. So it's, it's already making that shift. I think people, mm-hmm. it's just... I think people are looking for that lightning rod that mm-hmm. sticks up in the ground that's going to be that momentous mark. And I don't think that you're going to find it this time. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's going to happen very naturally. I was telling Tara, I'm doing all the talking, but um, <laughs> I was saying how like I, this is this analogy that came to me not too long ago is, you know, how like, um, you know, how like cars in like the 60s and 70s were like really beautiful and they were really sure. cool. And then cars now really like in the last 10, 15 years, maybe or maybe not in style, but they've been really beautiful again. Like, you know, 2000s, 2010s, yeah, the you 80s know, these were horrible. 
Exactly. But the 80s and 90s cars were freaking terrible. But here's the thing is that you had all these materials and all this technology and all these things people got handed in the late 70s and then fuel efficiency and all these things come out. Right. And like now here's all these rules. And so all these engineers take over and these designers are just so discouraged. And so you just get those brown boxes that people drove around then. And it's because they're trying to make all of this new stuff fit. That's what we're experiencing right now in the digital space because we got handed responsive web design, we got handed mobile environment, we got handed you know uh, ADA compliance and all these other things at once. And the Web Standards Project didn't have time to to figure it all out, and then all this other stuff got added in. We are in unfortunately the middle of the '80s and '90s, and we're going to look back on most I can of the stuff. That, we, yeah, and we're going to go. This this whole bootstrap, you know, foundation stuff, it's good for a purpose, but we're going to look at this stuff in 10 years and we're going to go, dear God, everything we made in the 2015 <laughs> area is awful. And that's not to be condescending because I'm not saying like I'm better and everybody else sucks. We, Tara and I have said like, we've got to figure out what is this new type of communication where the visuals get more fluid and how stuff comes out because the people that are going to rise to the top and start creating these really interesting engagement points and these really interesting stories are the people who are going to realize we've got to start taking some chances mm-hmm. and we don't want to leave people behind. We need to, to reach them through communication strategies. I'm not saying don't do websites or don't do responsive, but we've got to start looking at things at different angles. This like what's, you know, just throw stuff in a bootstrap and, you know, try to move stuff around and put some dribble shots up of it. It's just not interesting to us at all. It's not going to go anywhere. Well, no, and I mean, you, you're already, like you mentioned, it is very much like that because I was on Dribble the other day and I was looking at websites from a bunch of different people that had thrown up there. And aside from color schemes being different, they all looked really similar. Yeah. There's there's a website, I think it's called like Every Fucking Website yeah. or something like that. <laughs> it's, like, it's just like this dude, I don't know who did it. I can't, I, I have to find it. And this dude just like lists, it's just like, it's just this wall of all these websites that look exactly the same. And they're all like bootstrap and foundation based. And it's fine. I mean, we do WordPress theme modification. I mean, mm-hmm. we use Squarespace occasionally, but it's got a purpose and a place. But if you're trying to tell an impactful story and that's the core thing to communicate with, it doesn't fit in a box. No. It doesn't. No. Well, and you've got places like, you know, you mentioned words. The WordPress, I almost said WordSpace, I'm trying to combine Squarespace. You call it? I actually like that. I mean, you could. Square, square <laughs> just press. a blog I like site. It. I mean, <laughs> um, but yeah, they all, while they're great for consumers, if you're actually trying to accomplish something, they're they're not good. I mean, I feel like they actually hold you back more than they, they do. They help you spend more you. time deconstructing it mm-hmm. than doing anything. Yeah, yeah. So, so. You know, I realize we've been talking and we never actually mentioned the name of what uh, what your studio is <laughs> called. <laughs> and, I, and it was a question I had because I so I'll let you all tell the name. It is called the Banner Years. And, yeah, and, and Banner. why did why did Banner. you pick that that name? You cannot. You have to explain it because you're the best explanation. Uh, do I? I? I feel like. I mean, I feel like it was more Taurus. Well, we both. I mean. You know, a lot of times you, you get an OCD about these things. You spend weeks or months on the name. And I mean, we were probably playing around names for like a day. Yeah, we were drive. We found we were driving to a concert. We were actually driving to a wonder to an a wonder concert. Actually. And yeah, we were yeah. talking about it and we were talking about that. We were bouncing around the idea of victory and wanting to have that somehow incorporated in it. Yeah. I mean, we like uh, a friend of both of ours that we really look up to, Meg Lewis from Ghostly Ferns. Like she has this motto of a, she only works with happy companies and that's something, and I have so much respect for her and her team. And that was something that we really, um, said as well is that we only really want to work with people that are, you know, kind of having fun with what they do. It doesn't mean social change. Like I, I have no problem working with, you know, a company that makes, you know, electronics or, you know, heck it could even be like a bank or something. It's, it's why they do what they do that I'm mm. interested in. So we both had said, you know, we, the banner, you know, a banner year, you know, it's an old, you know, English phrase, which basically meant like the person at the front of the parade waving the banner, um, you know, is this idea of just like, you know, things have gone really well. Mm -hmm. And for Tara and I both, like personally, life has been really hard for a long time. And then suddenly it's been going really well. And we're very optimistic. Tara's far more of an optimist than I am, but neither (laughs) of us are pessimists. No. Um, but we're really excited about that. I so we were the term realist realist. There you go. <laughs> um, 
So we really want to kind of be that kind of person, you know, waving a flag at the front of the thing and championing people's stories and getting really excited about it. And we just, it was this idea of like old baseball pennants and different stuff like that kind of came to our head where we were like, we just want something that feels positive, positive, but not like in a juvenile way. Yeah. Like we wanted to, to be like, Hey, you know, get excited. Like this is a good time. Cause there's so much darkness right now. And dear God, you know, all the stuff we've got going <laughs> it's an on. Election year. They're good at that. Yeah. Election year. I stepped in at the wrong time. Yeah. She we went to America <laughs> at the wrong time. Honey. Um, but yeah, yeah so you get to sit back and laugh at our mistake, whichever one yeah. you pick. Yeah, the people. Yeah, which I guess yeah, people thought like, when I got my visa I could vote, and I was like, "Sorry, y'all. No, it doesn't work like that." <laughs> I have to watch the car. We could use I you. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that was the vision was just this idea of like celebration, fun, happiness, a banner year, just being that. So we said the banner years because we like we want our clients to just have banner years, not a banner year, not it's downhill from here, and we want to be a part of that. We want to be a part of them. You know, that's a banner year in sales, a banner year in growth. But more importantly, like, are they getting to do what they do? If, if what we do enables a small business to have, if that person needs $100,000 a year to live off of and we can get them $100,000 a year in revenue and they can do what they want instead of having to take in a job somewhere, that's a successful client outcome. It's not about X times growth or whatever. We're totally down to work with somebody who just wants to do something cool. You know, we've got to have the budget and time to do it right. But sure. we just want to be involved in that kind of stuff. Yeah. Gotcha. So when you were starting the banner years, since y'all also are in a personal relationship together, um, <laughs> speaking of banners and flags and things like that, were there any red flags that went up where you were just like, what the fuck are we thinking? <laughs> no. You answer that. It just I- happened so naturally. Like we, I, I don't know, like we don't get sick of each other. Okay, like this is the best way that I'm going to put it. Yeah. We drove from Cal- from Atlanta to Calgary, so 2,500 miles, and we That's were like, this is the – and back. So we were like – So 5,000 round trip. This is the test of like <laughs> if we can put up with each other. And like not one fight. No fights, like nothing. We just like – and we're not surface people. We have deep conversations. Yeah, I mean, we're like both we deep just genuinely and, enjoy each other's company. And yeah. We just genuinely enjoy working together. And we're so passionate about what we do that it just, we both have the same level of excitement when it comes mm-hmm. to working with people with, with whys, um, that I think it just naturally progressed into yeah. us working together. There wasn't like, there was never any question of like, uh, I don't know if I could stand you for that. Well, long. I mean, this is, <laughs> it was this just, has been a life passion for both of us is to yeah. have, you know, a, a partner in everything that we do. And, and we've, we've got people that we look up to, um, Megan and Mike Gilger, Megan and Mike Gilger who do this. It will Meg and her husband, you know, do that as yeah. well. But you know, we've got a lot of people we look up to who do this, who do it well. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, for I mean, for me, you know, my I obviously I've got a lot of expertise from the creative truth world about like starting and all of this stuff. So, I mean, we still are doing everything. You know, we're not just, you know, from incorporating the business and we're doing a partnership agree- agreement, even though, you know, we're not worried about it. But I mean, we're keeping everything on the up and up. So we're not just like, oh, we're so in love and we're just going to like see what yeah. happens. I mean, it's a business and we take it seriously, you know, and we have, you know, an accountant and we're about to do a PEO for co-employments because of Tara being on a visa, you know, her insurance so that it's done properly. And I mean, we're we're not seat of our pants people. So, you know, a lot of those things that normally be red flags where you're worried about the emotional stuff and all we were able to overcome, I think, because we're both very open and honest with each other about this is a business. This is not playtime. So, I mean, we have, you know, all of those logistical things done well and done right. It's not just like take whatever out of the bank accounts. We're paying each other's salaries and, <laughs> you know, accountability. I mean, we have, you know, Asana set up for project management. We're pinging each other back and forth in mm-hmm. Slack and these kind of things. That's like stuff. it's a real it's, business. It's a real business. It's not, mm-hmm. you know, just like us sitting around like doing whatever the heck we want. Now, we do what we do so that we can work from our our awesome house that we have and we can drink in the middle of the day and go to the gym in the morning and start a day later, whatever we want to do. But, um, you know, it's a business. It's our life. It's our livelihood. So we take it seriously. So, I mean, those red flags that normally be there, I think, are more emotional we've overcome a lot of those and the other ones would be worried about like what happens if we break up or whatever. I mean, we, we're not going to, but we've covered all those bases cause we do understand it's a business. Cool. So, you know, uh, and, and part of the reason I asked that is for personal question because my wife's a designer as well and we've done projects together, but we've never really done a business together. Mm-hmm. And 
one of the things that we've been talking about is, you know, we've done some, we've done a bunch of passive income projects and stuff, but we've been talking about turning in that into an actual <laughs> business. Um, and, you know, so I, I was curious cause I mean, we've, I feel like we've been overanalyzing it so much on the, you know, don't, don't get in each other's ways of that stuff that uh -huh. we're, we're almost stagnating on starting it. Um, so I, I was, I was curious at, about it from that standpoint. Um, yeah, I think, I don't know. I think that's something that's worked really well for us is that we don't get in each other's way. Like we we're it's funny because we're both the kind of people that want to help each other. Um, I see you trying not to laugh right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, what the, so what the listeners can't see is Brad had to get up to leave the room to go cough and we could still hear Try not to cough into the mic. I was trying so hard not to laugh. I was trying. <laughs> Were you trying? To, was it still super loud? I was like around the door too trying to cough. We, we could still hear you. I was trying to we keep were, my... We were so both secret. trying not to chuckle about it. <laughs> uh, yeah. We're trying to not chuckle about your misery of almost choking to death. Well, it's like, no, it's like my, I, so my, our kids, you know, it's like they, um, they bring home so much crap mm -hmm. and it's like they, they, they brought something home. Uh, I remember yeah. it just hit me yesterday and it's just like, oh, and then I know it's just like <laughs> for me to get it and yeah. I'm going to get it. Oh yeah. That's the joys of parenthood is you get to, it's this parenting. Yeah. Get you, everything. You, 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 <laughs> pass it, you pass it around the house. You finally mm -hmm. think you're rid of it and it comes right back around. So yeah. Yeah. yeah I have kids. I understand. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I think coffee gets over. Okay. So. okay. Good. So Take that one back we were, up. We were. I forgot where we were going with that. Yeah, before. I kind of forgot. <clears throat> you asked the question about. Yeah, I think I was just saying that like we're both the kind of people that always want to help each other. So mm -hmm. that's the only part that we've had to really kind of work on is like I've got this. Like you go and do this. So we both like talked about. So instead of trying to fix it for the other person. Yeah. Just like taking on tasks when the other person is doing something else or taking on tasks when the other person is in a really creative space and they're like, I need to get this out. Um, so we've, we've worked that out. We've done a lot of planning as well on mm -hmm. things like that. So I think that's where a lot where those conflicts would normally arise. I feel like we've, kind of fixed a lot of those things by, I mean, there's going to be conflicts obviously, but like, mm -hmm. I feel like we fixed a lot of those things by doing a lot of pre-planning. <coughs> uh, <laughs> Here, take some sangria. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So I think we've, we've covered a lot of those things in our pre-planning. So we've done a lot of, of planning for this so that we didn't just jump into it blindly and not knowing, you know, what, what kind of tasks are, am I going to take on versus him? What kind of tasks are we both going to tackle together and that kind of stuff. So I feel like we've done, we've done a lot of planning on that to prevent those conflicts because it just becomes like such a waste of time. So, so one of the questions I had about that and, oh, he's back just in time, um, <laughs> is, you know, how are you going to tackle it when you have a bad day? Cause you're both in, in the thick of it and you don't have anybody to vent to who can be really <clears> objective <throat> about it. Um, because you're both there for it. And this well, ties into another question. So <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, I think that <clears throat> I'm trying not to die. <laughs> um, <laughs> so one thing is trying to find those outside parties. Um, so I have a mastermind group and as soon as we can get the ball rolling with it, I'm what, I want Tara to be in a separate one. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing. It's kind of having a group of peers that you can kind of have that accountability with and kind of check in with people. Mm -hmm. That's one thing for starters. Um, in the thick of it, just like in any relationship, you're going to have disagreements with a fellow creative. You're going to have disagreements. You're going to have to learn to work it out. There's no third party arbitrator or whatever. Um, I think that one thing that we have in our household that we use throughout our life is what we call the give a fuck scale. <laughs> and I, this is from uh, I didn't coin this. The first person I ever heard use this was Cap Watkins from Buzzfeed. And I don't know if he came up with it and I'm sure other people have it, but it's perfect, right? We use it all the mm -hmm. time. It's basically on the scale of zero to 10 or one to 10. 
how many fucks do you give about this? So if we're looking at a logo and let's say it's two shades of blue and I love the dark blue and Tara loves the light, light blue is basically an example. And she's like fighting me tooth and nail. She's like, it needs to be the light blue. And I'm like, no, it needs to be the dark blue. We just throw our hands up and we're like, okay, pause. Where are you on the give a fuck scale for this? And Tara says, I'm at a seven. And I'm like, well, I'm at a four. Guess what? We're going with Tara's decision. Well, so that's, and I mean, that's an oversimplification of it, but I'm just saying that like, you have to stop and have those conversations because a lot of times there's a why, there's a reason that, that those disagreements are happening. And I've had to do that with my team over the years. And I've found that that works so well. Cause if, if I've got a junior designer who tells me that I'm an eight on that scale and I'm like, I'm a three and it's a minor thing. I'm going to let my junior designers, you know, the designer's decision stick. Mm -hmm. If I feel like it's not going to drag the project down. So you just got to treat each other that respect. I think the other thing is like, just we have enough outlets to where if it's like, listen, you're bogging this project down. There's enough tactical stuff to move off of. Like Tara said, we really try to do all of our creative work in the morning mm -hmm. and our tactical stuff in the afternoon. If one of us is really cruising along on a creative thing, the other person kind of gets out of the way. So it may just be that like, you got to go do some tactical stuff right now. Like we got to get the books done or something. So can you go knock that out and leave me alone on this for a while? <laughs> I'm just having to, the, uh, the respect for each other to say that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So follow up question here that is completely unrelated to business, but ties into the give a fuck scale. <laughs> so, you know, when you sent me over kind of notes of things that we could talk about, we were talking, one of the things was anxiety and depression. Yeah. Um, and, and with dealing with that and I saw your Facebook post today, Tara. So, <laughs> Yeah. I, and I, I mean, I, I deal with it too. I, you know, I suffer with it every day. I, you know, got my biweekly therapy appointment that some mm -hmm. days does better than others. Um, but you know, how do you know when to judge that give a fuck scale if you're in the middle of something, whether, it, and this would, I guess would be more of a personal give a fuck scale. And I'm really just enjoying saying, <laughs> you're welcome i have seven year olds i don't get to drop the f-bomb that often. i know um yeah i think one thing that's been really interesting and beautiful in this whole process of us coming together as a couple and business partners is that um we both understand the disease so well mm -hmm. um and we both not really had someone this involved in our life that has understood it. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I think because of that reason, it's really a lot easier to see when mm -hmm. like we can read each other better in being like, is this your anxiety talking or is this your, like, are you being serious? Like, are you actually, do you really give a fuck if we buy that plant so much or is your anxiety <laughs> causing you to need that That's a plant very specific the reference there. Was there a fight over a That's, plant? No, no, I literally just looked at a plant. Okay. <laughs> I love lamp. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, yeah. I think that like, because we both understand the disease so well, we both had it. <clears throat> I mean, I've had it since I, well, I've been diagnosed with it since I was 16, but I, I, I look back and I can see that I've had it as since a child. Mm -hmm. And I think you've been in the same boat. So since we've had it for so many years, it's so easy to read it on somebody else mm -hmm. that I can, I can kind of tell like that this is, this is like a point where maybe his anxiety is coming through or, um, he's having a panic attack or he's just like having a day where he's <coughs> feeling really depressed and he can tell the same for me. Mm -hmm. And so that is a lot easier. Um, in deciphering those things rather than trying to figure them out or spending a lot of time arguing about them or something like that. So, yeah. So, <coughs> Oh, now you're coughing. Okay. Oh no. I feel left out here. So, you know, in, in dealing with that, you know, that pressure and that, asshole that is anxiety and depression that you know like you said it is a disease but it's it's a disease that doesn't go away so it's a chronic long-term thing and there's going to be good days and bad days when you're in the thick of it what what are what are your kind of solutions for pushing past 
<clears throat> Other than dying from coffee? <laughs> Well, that's, I don't know that that's a good long, I mean, well, I guess it's a really good long-term solution. It's not a good long-term solution. Term. <laughs> <laughs> not a practical um, long-term solution, but. I I don't know. I mean, I think for me, a lot of what's helped is having outlets. Mm-hmm. Um, so fitness has been a huge part of that for me because it's such a mind thing over fitness um, and then, or over like the actual physical part of it. Sure. Um, and then I've been and yoga as well. And then, um, Brad's been doing meditation for a while and that's really, really helped him. And I'm starting to get into that as well and writing and reading and doing a lot of personal development. Personal development has helped me a ton. Yeah. Um, because it's helped me separate like what anxiety is telling my head versus what is the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, yeah, things like that. I don't know. It's like an everyday process, figuring new things, finding new things that help every day. Um, for me right now, one thing that's like one of the reason why I wrote that <laughs> post actually is today was like a really hard day for me with anxiety. Yeah, nothing in particular. Nothing either. in particular. It was just yeah. like a really mm-hmm. bad day. And <clears throat> I just kind of sat like in it, um, which typically people don't do. Um and I don't know. I'm real good about doing that. <laughs> but in a positive way. You but yeah, in a positive oh, okay. way. Well, I'm not good way. at that part. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I think for me, kind of what brought me out of it was was sitting there going like, there's there's somebody else that is feeling the exact same way that I'm feeling right now or has felt the exact same way that I'm mm-hmm. feeling right now. I have a responsibility to express that. And social media for me has been a huge outlet in me expressing, you know, like, like I took people along with me on, on my fitness journey when I started and getting their feedback has been really rewarding for me because it showed me that there is a need for that. Mm-hmm. And so with anxiety stuff, I mean, even I did a talk at revolve conference last weekend and having people's feedback on that. I mean, it, I, it was mostly about the why, but I expressed a few things about anxiety and depression during that talk and having their feedback come back to me about how, how much they've dealt with it and just seeing the need that there is in the creative industry, because we're such emotional people. Mm-hmm. If I just feel like I have a responsibility, we both do yeah, feel like we have a we responsibility and we've been dealing with this for so long. We've found different things that help us. And we just have a responsibility to kind of put it out there that like, Hey, it's okay to talk about this. Like it doesn't have to be something that you sit in your basement alone with, you know, trying to, figure out how to get through the day. Like this is something that we can all talk about as a community and we can all come together about it. And I, what got me through that today was just being like, I need to share this on social media. Like I just need to write this post exactly how I'm feeling right now because somebody else has felt like this or is feeling this and needs to hear this. Yeah. So we're going to, we're going to build on that and do more. Yeah. Reach out more. We're working on a project um, and a talk as well. Yeah. All right. So we take very seriously. I, for one, want to thank you very much for sharing that post today because today was one of those days that I needed it. So Mm. it, it, uh, helped a lot. Thank you. I appreciate that. And I'm about to cry now. You're going to make me cry. Oh my God. I actually sound the club. I blame the club. I blame the uh, Cubs winning for me. Um, being very emotional today. I am a, my Are you family, a Cubs fan? I am. My family's originally from the Chicago area. So oh, did you see that Budweiser dude, Merry video? Christmas. Oh, What's God, that? Yeah, the yeah. Budweiser commercial? He yeah. was showing me the yeah, I shared it. Wow. So cool. Wow. Yeah, I think I actually I think I actually saw you share it today on Facebook. I did, yeah. I, Gary Vaynerchuk keeps blowing my mind how he keeps getting involved in this kind of that stuff. So Apparently cool. he masterminded that. And that dude just blows my mind, but but I'm not a butt guy at all. I'm not, but, but kudos. Yeah. I mean, that and, was, but congrats, seriously, like yeah. I'm super excited for you guys. It's amazing. Yeah. It's a mm-hmm. long time coming. hundred and I, I'd say that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah. five people in America alive who were alive the last time you guys won. So oh, I geez. think it's a long Did time Did they really coming. run that number? No, no, no. I mean, it's just a guess. <laughs> I, I think there's a lot of people over 105 now. I don't know. I, I don't know. That's still pretty up there. Is that dude still alive that did the Today Show? They listed Willis off Scott? the people that wrote yeah, 100. He's still alive. Yeah, Yeah, he looks Does he still do? Well, I mean, Al Rooker took over, but Al Rooker uh, took over. I think he's retired officially now. He's got to be yeah. in his late 80s at this point. <laughs> yeah. 
there's always you have no idea what I'm talking about. Tara and I always have these things that are like these because Canadians don't have real TV. You can just see the blank look on my you know, face, and he's like, "You, you know, have they have no like idea. you know their their policemen still All ride you guys horses." Have this aggressive like that. They have Degrat, but they got Drake. <laughs> yeah, that's a good Drake. point. <laughs> and Tim Hortons. <clears throat> yeah, you do have Tim. Tim Hortons is good. I haven't had and Tim Hortons in years. I'm a I'm a terrible Canadian. I don't like Tim Hortons and I don't like hockey. You don't like Tim Hortons or hockey or yeah. what was the other thing we determined? You maple, like syrup. maple syrup. You don't like real Canadian yeah. maple syrup. She doesn't oh. like maple syrup, hockey, or Tim Hortons. Yeah. What, what's going on now? How are you Canadian? You're a Russian spy. <laughs> I'm more Canadian than you. I no. think so too. Yeah. Every <laughs> every American that I meet seems to be more. And you Canadian. like American bacon better than Canadian oh, bacon? Oh yeah. Don't tell okay, me. that's understandable. <laughs> that one. No, right? Yeah. Right. I'm like, I'm sorry, Canadian bacon is not hype? bacon. It's a pickled pork loin. Why yeah. has there been all this hype about it? Until I had, like, he made me real American bacon, and I was like, this changes everything. Yeah. I've been living a lie. Yeah. <laughs> yes. A bacon lie. A, a bacon flavored lie. lie. <laughs> it's not even from the same part of the pig. Yeah. No. So, so Brad, I wanted to ask you because. Tara mentioned that you, I almost called you Tara again. Wow. Um, <laughs> I probably shouldn't point it out every time I do it too. Just... I, I think it's great. I love yeah. it. it. I've been living with it for my life. I like to watch life, your so. cringe when that happens. <laughs> well, at least you can't punch me through the screen. No, he just watches my eye twitch. She can send you a glitter bomb. <laughs> oh, please don't do that. <laughs> no, I won't. That is, that is mean. Yeah. That is mean. Terrible. Though my kids would probably love it. <laughs> they would. So you meant, you know, Tara mentioned that you do meditation and as someone who has been trying to break through on the meditation, how do you do it? I mean, I understand the concept of how you meditate, just yeah, that getting well, past think, even a minute, I can't do. Yeah. <clears throat> I think the guided meditation, is, that's how I did it. Now, I mean, I, I take yoga very seriously. Like I've, I've kind of had a, a lapse in it because of the travel we've had the past few months and getting this agency off the ground. But if for a general rule, I was a, I was a three to three to four group class yoga person and more of the dynamic type stuff that usually included some meditation. So I learned some techniques there as far as learning breathing techniques. I took it up to deal with my panic attacks to deal with my panic disorder, um, initially. And I took up yoga to deal with, um, you know, sports injuries and that kind of stuff. And then the two kind of came together. But I have found um, that I, I do think that the guided meditation um, stuff, you know, the app I use is called Calm. There's another one called Headspace that a lot I of people Headspace. recommend. There's um, another one called Ohm that um, I think one of them is owned by, I think Ohm is owned by Guy. Um, I've heard a lot of good stuff about it. I like Calm a lot. I think that those are really the only way to, to, to get started for most of us that have um, in this age of distraction. I think unless you go off to like some retreat and learn something or like, you know, there's transcendental med meditation, which is like, you know, the, um, stuff that all the celebrities talk about that costs all those uh, fortune, you know, fortune to do with DVDs. I'm sure those things that probably do work, but I think that getting started with something that guides you and gives you something to focus on, um, because they're also really encouraging that they'll tell you like your thoughts are going to wonder. Um, but I think the most important thing that I've found that most of those, I think headspace is really good about talking about this is consistency and when you do it and where you do it. Yeah. I, I just breaking through that, that first minute is the hardest part for me. And I, I need to get better about sitting down, like you said, and being in the you know same place, same time to get in the yeah. habit. <clears throat> Easier said than done though. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I also need to, you know, get better about like scheduling actual time to do that. And that that's for me, that's my biggest challenge is, you know, the only mm. t real time I have is if I'm going to get up at like four 30 in the morning and mm -hmm. getting up at four 30 in the morning in itself <laughs> is a daunting task. Cause I'm not, I'm when I was younger, I was a night owl. Um, not so much anymore. I'm, uh, somehow against my will turned into a morning person. So I think that comes mm -hmm. from years of being actually a professional adult. <laughs> adulting. adulting. Yes, years of yeah. adulting, adulting when, you're, that when you're forced yeah. to get up for that uh, nine to five job, yeah. which I, I still don't understand why they call it a nine to five job because who actually starts at nine o'clock in the morning and ends at five o'clock at night. Yeah. Yeah. It'll do that to you for sure. Yeah. Cool. Well, kind of moving past that real quick because we're we're getting close on time here, and I want to be cognitive of that. 
Um, I want to touch on your book a little bit, um, Brad, and you know where that came from and what your plans are in the future with that. Yeah, so Creative Truth, it's about um, how to start and build a profitable design business. It's really focused on, uh, it's a manual from um, basically the idea of starting a creative business all the way through how to grow it. And even through, I even talk about how to shut it down if you want to shut it down. Um, and along the way, it's everything, um, you know, how to incorporate, uh, how to hire accountants and what, what to do about hiring employees and taking on business partners. I taught through partnership agreements and it's a lot of focus on uh, the meat of the book is on pricing, particularly things like value-based pricing, building a pricing model, understanding what it takes to run the business, um, vertical marketing, horizontal marketing, figuring out your elevator pitch, unique selling proposition, mm-hmm. uh, dealing with scope creep, client revisions, communication. So we kind of cover everything. So it's a, it's a handbook for, um, starting and building a profitable design business. There's a lot of people out there that offer that kind of stuff, but they offer it in like video classes that they charge thousands of dollars for. And, uh, I had, uh, bought a couple of those myself. And, um, so I basically almost lost everything with one of my agencies. We really depended on the real estate industry, uh, about six years ago, mm-hmm. uh, went from, you know, trending, you know, do a million dollars in revenue to do like, you know, no dollars in revenue basically, Ooh, and yeah. kind of lost everything. I ended up, uh, basically I ended up hospitalized basically with like a nervous breakdown oh, from geez. just overwork, trying to keep it going. And what I found was that like, I was, it was just this, this just vicious cycle. I kept just doing the wrong thing, just it, the definition of insanity. And there were, there were three or four good creative books out there on business, but they weren't really covering the ins and outs on how to actually do it. It was a lot of theory stuff or it was mm-hmm. a lot of like, if this, then that I was like, <clears throat> there's gotta be a better way. So I, um, started cover, uh, studying cost plus economics. Cause like, I, it's my pricing. That's the problem. It's not the scope. It's not the communication. Like I, I've got that stuff down and it was, it was my pricing. I figured this stuff out and it started working really well. And I got, I, I paid my debt off and I got, uh, things fixed really quickly. Mm-hmm. And then it got to points where I was talking to other people about it. And somebody said, you should do a talk about this. So I did a talk for a local meetup and people were blown away and they were like, please, God, can you teach me this? I'm like, I'm not a consultant. It's not what I'm going to do. So I do the talk a couple more times and then this uh, book rep sees me doing the talk at a conference in Portland and says, you should write a book. And I'm like, uh, no, never thought about writing a book or whatever. <laughs> and it originally was like an ebook on pricing, I thought. And it turns out this is a, it was a Hachette. It was a division of Hachette, which is a huge publisher. Mm. And I know we'll, we'll give you the resources at your disposal to get this done right. You know, we'll hire an illustrator and designer. I got to hire my friend Becky Simpson to illustrate the book and, um, got to do all this really cool stuff. And, uh, in the end it expanded from like what I thought was going to be like an 80 to hundred page book that would take me a month or two to write on the side to the almost 300 page monster that it is took a year to write. But I get emails and targets to witness them. I get phone calls and stuff from people all over the world telling me how it's, you know, saved their business, saved their home, saved their marriage. I mean, I've heard it all. I don't take any credit for that. I mean, I just, it's really based on the research and the work of others. I just took the time to put it together and get it into something people could really use and explain it in a really simple way. Now I go out and teach it as a workshop. Mm-hmm. I get a lot of good feedback on it as a workshop. I want to do a lot more of that next year. We're going to come out with a video series probably in the first quarter for people who can't come to us or we can't get to them to do the workshop. But I'm just really, it comes from a place of honest to God, I'm not being like duplicitous when I say this, I just wish that this stuff had existed before I screwed up so bad. <laughs> and I think it's ridiculous that most of this information is that behind firewalls that cost thousands of dollars because the people who need to hear it don't have that money. Sure. And so if I can put a book out on Amazon that my publisher sets a price, I don't, I'd give it away for free if I could. Uh, cause I'm never going to make any money off of it. Really. There's no money in books. I've already done the work. I'm thrilled with the work that I got to do. I get paid some to teach the workshops. That's better revenue anyway. Um, but for people to be able to go get this info on Amazon for 30 bucks or less, um, I think that that's just the right thing to do. And that's why I put it out there and I'm glad to have gotten to do it. And, um, I think it's, I think it's good. I, I, I'm biased, but I think it's really good. (laughs) And, uh, and I get a lot of really positive feedback from people that I really look up to on it. So I hope that more and more people buy it because it's been out for a few months and, I just haven't had the time to really market it, but we're going to work on that more next year. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm one of those that needs to go out and buy it, so I definitely <laughs> <Yeah>. will. <laughs> yeah, it's, Amazon's the best place to get it. It's just called Creative Truth. 
I don't, don't worry about trying to contact me. It's not some self-published thing or something <laughs> like that. You know, it's, I'll, I'll be sure to link to it in the show notes too. So yeah. Yeah. It's, find it's, it that it's way. Way. Yeah. It's the easiest way to do it. So, um, and then you had mentioned that you were uh, planning on dusting off and starting on a second book as well. Yeah, we're still kicking around some ideas. We've got we're we're kicking around a magazine idea, which I don't want to unpack yet. So we may go that route, similar to what like the guys at the Great Discontent have done, like mm-hmm. or um, you know, um, in that kind of vein. Um, that we're trying to keep under wraps right now. Um, so that we're gonna probably focus on first. And then we've got a couple of ideas. There's some stuff that's come out in teaching the creative truth workshop that, um, isn't covered in my book, but it's not covered in any book. I've looked for a book to recommend. Um, and I've got to figure that out. Um, as far as how to get some stuff out there around a lot of the concerns people have about, um, managing their teams. There's a really good book called discussing design. That's about discussing design feedback. But, um, I am finding that I'm talking more and more about like how to actually get clients and employees, everybody to understand that conversation, that process. There's not really anything out there like that. Mm -hmm. So I may go that route, Uh, but Tara and I have, um, we've got about eight projects coming out. (laughs) No, I'm going to talk about clients, but like we have, we have about eight things. The banner years being one of our projects, but then (laughs) we have this anxiety, um, project that we're working on that we kind of hinted at this magazine, and then we have a bunch of other a few stuff. Other things. Hmm. A few other things. Yeah, we have a few other things. So it'll it'll happen eventually. But the main thing is for me, I'm not motivated by writing books. Like I said, there's no real money in it. We're really motivated by solving a lot of these problems. Um, as long as we make enough money to afford our fun little house and do fun stuff with the kids, that's all we really care about. But we are going to make a profit so that we can keep doing it. So yeah, if I can write a lose money on it, yeah. <laughs> But if I can write another book and get some stuff out there to keep helping people, then I'm going to do it. I'm just trying to figure out what works for people. So we'll figure that out on the road next year with the workshops. Yeah. Tara, what are you, uh, what are you looking forward to? Everything. (laughs) 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 Um, no, yeah, I'm just looking forward to this new journey. And I mean, this has been like such a huge transition for me. Um, you know, moving a whole new country. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and in the south. Yeah, yeah, hot Atlanta. <laughs> At least it's Atlanta. Don't say hot Atlanta. Good oh God. God. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's so funny. It's not funny. It's so hot no, though. No, it. no, no, it's not. <laughs> That's like going um, to Chicago and somebody like I'm in the windy city, and like <laughs> no one says that. No. <laughs> um. Yeah, I'm just excited for for all of the change that's coming and. Um, just all these projects we're working on and getting to grow as, as a person and as a creative, um, and just getting these, I mean, our business is helping, helping other businesses and helping people, um, with what they want to do and what they want to achieve. But then all these other projects we have under wrap, um, is going to help a lot of people. So I'm really excited about that because that's Mm. my passion. Um, so. Yeah. Awesome. Well, wrapping up real quickly, where can people find you online? As of today, it is thebanneryears.co.co. So the thebanneryears.co. We are um, on Instagram. Instagram, as, Twitter, Facebook. They're all just the banner years. Yeah. The, uh, the banner years co. The banner years co. Yeah. You'll find we'll, us. We'll put it in the show notes. Do the Googles. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the kids are calling it, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, for the most part, that's at, um, you know, I'm on Twitter. I'm at S Brad Weaver. You're at Tara, Tara Victoria L. L and you're at Tara Victoria L on Instagram. Yeah. I'm at Brad Weaver on Instagram. Those are the best ways to get in touch with us. Um, yeah. And I mean, the banner years will, you know, we're, we're still getting this thing off the ground, but in the meantime, you know, find us on those personal handles and chat with us and mm-hmm. that website will be up pretty soon. Yeah. Logo to come. Logo yeah. to come. <laughs> logo logo to be determined. I yeah. think you should just make it a badge logo that says logo to come. I think that would be. <laughs> we'll just put that there for now. Yeah. Placeholder text. Yeah. <clears throat> We're just going to use the hipster logo generator. And mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. got to have an axe in it. Yeah. God, I actually saw somebody use a real logo that looked like it came straight out of there recently, and now I can't remember who it was. It was... Any, any restaurant that offers, offers anything with artisanal in the title. Yeah. Artisanal axes. Artisanal axes. Yeah. That word bothers me so bad. 
<laughs> but we had a there's a store in Calgary that's literally all there's a wall of artisanal axes. Yeah, Norwegian axes. Yeah, Norwegian. there's a book. There's, there's also a book. yes. Yeah. So you know you're getting quality. I don't quality Scandinavian <laughs> made uh, axe axeware. <laughs> so so yeah so the banner years um, <laughs> you can connect with us that way <laughs> at a spread weaver at Tara Victoria L on most stuff and yeah. Um, we love talking about all this stuff. Yeah. And same thing. I love talking to people about creative trees. So I tell people all the time, definitely hit me up. And we both talk about this anxiety stuff openly. Mm-hmm. And there's a Facebook. creative truth Instagram as well. The yeah. Creative truth does have an Instagram. It has, it does not have a website. It has a web page. Uh, <laughs> website to come. Also. Yeah. Website to come. <laughs> we're getting that stuff done, but yeah, we've been spending the summer really figuring out where we're going to go next. And now we're starting to execute on stuff, which is, which is the fun part. So you follow up with us later and we'll be executing like crazy. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I'm really looking forward to seeing um, what comes out with the yet-to-be-determined-and-announced uh, anxiety <laughs> and depression project and all yeah. of the other yet-to-be-determined-and-announced uh, projects. Um, thank you both, Brad and Tara. <laughs> <laughs> well done, sir. <laughs> thank you for uh, taking the time to talk with me tonight. Um, we end every uh, podcast by saying go out and hug some necks, um, which – basically means go out and make friends don't be a stranger would you all mind taking us out absolutely go out and hug some necks <laughs> thank you very much you can find out more about the banner years on the web at thebanneryears.co And be sure to check out the links in the show notes for more ways to keep up with them. You can keep up with the podcast on Twitter and Facebook at CreativeSOPod and follow Creative South on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CreativeSouthGA over at CreativeSouth.com. And I'm at Jay Frostholm on Dribbble, Twitter, and Instagram. Visit jack.inc slash design and get up to $75 off your next order when you use promo code CSPODCAST16. For a limited time, new Skillshare customers can get their first three months for just 99 cents to get unlimited access to thousands of classes when you sign up at Skillshare.com using promo code CreativeSouth. What are you waiting for? Start learning today. Don't forget to head over to CreativeSouthGA.com right now to pick up your tickets for Creative South in April of 2017. We're looking forward to seeing you there and hugging some necks. And remember, if you like the show, help support us over at Patreon.com slash CreativeSouth. And if you like the Creative South podcast, head over to iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play Music. Rate us and leave a review. This helps more people find the podcast and allows us to keep getting awesome guests. Now go out and hug some necks.